This is the True North Collective podcast, a gathering of unsugarcoated conversations on wellness, created by the real-life documentation of everyday humans fearlessly finding their true north. Welcome to season three of the podcast. I'm Jesse, and I'm a secret sore loser. I'm Claire, and I am... I wish I could say gracious winner, but probably sore loser. I'm Rachel, and I am a full-on sore loser. I'm Chanel. And all I do is win, 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 no matter what. God. (laughs) And I'm I'm a sore loser. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And we are your host of the True North Collective podcast. Oh, my God. Yeah, Dylan. Uh, That's perfect. Yeah. Dylan ordered um, Disney Monopoly, and so that's what we've been playing because we're moving, and so that's I packed up all of the games and the puzzles before I realized that we were going to be in a shutdown situation, and so everything's in storage, and so we bought this game, and the first time we played, I won, and I was a really gracious winner. I was, like, very proud of myself, <laughs> and then last night, he beat the hell out of me. Like, he was so... <laughs> It was, it was so ridiculous, and he was starting to be like gracious to me and like be like, "Oh, I'll let you go rent free this time" and stuff like that. And I was just like, "Okay." And then he's like, "You better remember this kindness from me." And I was like, "I'm Italian. That's not how this works." <laughs> and he was like, "All right, I am no longer gonna be nice to you." <laughs> and so yeah, I it's like very top of mind. And this morning I was like, "Dylan, what's an interesting fact about me?" And he's like. You're a sore loser. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I like it. I, I was wondering what brought that up. <laughs> Disney Monopoly, which is such a fucked up game to actually be playing right now because as I'm like, it's just literally epitomizing art. What? It's just, it's crazy. I was like, this is weird. I don't know if we should be playing this. <laughs> Anyways. Your psyche. That's funny. I think um, I can handle losing now. I used to be a really sore loser. But, like, when I win, I'm not a gracious winner. (laughs) I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm winning. I have to, like, really reel it in. I get too excited. It's people like you you that make me a really sore loser. (laughs) (laughs) I try to reel it in. It just depends on who you are. Especially if someone else is really competitive and they're, like, the same way. We're, We're button heads. We're going for it. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually a pretty, I'm not too terrible. Stuff. I'm not too terrible. With my brother, it's bad. He knows how to just like say all of the things to just piss me off. <laughs> Ugh, it's the worst. I hate feeling that way. Yeah, I'll be like, in my mind, I'm like, I'm never playing this game ever again. Fuck you. Fuck this game. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck everyone. Fuck life. But I smile on my face like, oh, you did great. (laughs) That's exactly. I was like, Jesse, I can't actually envision you saying any of those things in a real situation. So I just love that. That's what's happening underneath. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Oh my god, very real. So funny. Yeah, no, I'm just like all out emotions on my sleeve all the time. Crazy. Same. Back when I back when I played tennis competitively, I was the one that would like smash a tennis racket on the court, you know, and, yeah. and stuff like that. So, I'm yeah, totally um, the same. <laughs> I do too. I was in yeah. this I was in this workshop once, and we were I don't remember what the topic was, but we were basically explaining like we were talking 
really vulnerably and transparently about how we deal with emotions. And I was like, oh, I for sure like thrown a water bottle at a wall hard. And this girl was like, I just would never lose my composure. Like she was disgusted with me. And I was like, (laughs) oh, (laughs) we are not going to be friends. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so girl let it out. Yeah. Let the demons run. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes you got to do it. Yeah. Uh, throwing shit's the best. I just just invited Janelle for the first time the other day to scream as loud as she could. Like, blood-curdling, like, fucking pissed-off scream. I do that shit. It is the best feeling ever. It was really therapeutic. I mean, I definitely damaged my vocal cords, and I think I hurt my own eardrums because I really went for it. Like, it was so loud. I, I also was like, man... I should be in horror movies because this scream <laughs> is like perfect. So future voiceover actress for screaming in horror movies right here. Kurt encourages primal screaming as therapy as well. Um, but I haven't agreed to do it yet. I, you I can, don't think I've done it. You can stick Try your, it. Yeah, you can stick your head. If you don't have like a quiet space, you can fill up a, um, like a pasta pot with cold water and stick your head in it and scream as loud as you can. It muffles the sound. Oh, that's fun. Oh, oh. it's so fun. Highly <laughs> recommend it. <laughs> that's good. I just did mine driving around in the country when one was around. So if you can like get a good old country road, I've been exploring all of the dead ends in San Luis Obispo County, every single one. <laughs> there's no one out there anyway. So you just scream really loud in your car and no one hears it. I like it. Rachel, I'm wondering if there's a reason for cold water versus like lukewarm water. Oh, I just meant I've sometimes forgotten to say cold water and I just say stick your head in a pot of water and then people are like boiling water (laughs) and I'm like no. So I just say cold now. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, you can do lukewarm if you want. (laughs) Have you, Jesse, have you ever screamed? Oh God, no. Do no, you want, do you want I, it, to? Like, it sounds kind of scary and like would make me feel vulnerable. I, I yeah, think. I can. I'll scream with yeah. you if you want. So that's yeah, where, Ragnar. Yeah, this is, Ragnar. This is where it started. Is that I had a shaman that I was working with, and we were trying to release some stuff, and she was like, "If you need to scream, scream. We'll scream together." And then all of a sudden, I was like, "Oh, all right, cool." And so then, so if you want. We can go in the woods around the mountain and we'll, we can scream together. And you, you can Ragnar even help. 2020. Yeah. The there entire team. The entire team. Just all of us oh screaming God, at the I top of our lungs. <gasps> I do too. <laughs> yeah, none of the podcasts are <laughs> I know. Have, there's a um, song by, oh my God. Who's like the main? John Lennon. Ma- Mother. Have you guys ever heard that song? Mm-mm. oh go listen to it it is like hard to listen to because it's a primal it's basically primal screaming primal singing it's about his mom oh. and it is just it starts really gentle and then it like builds and builds and builds and it's just like at the end you're just like oh my god you can like feel it uh i was in a mm. history of rock and roll class at my college there was like 500 people in the class and so we just I mean, you basically just listen to music and then the test was 
identifying different aspects of the music. It was super cool. But that's where I first heard of that song. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. So yeah, primal music. (laughs) (laughs) So much primal shit. I think after this, I'm going to go in the woods or on a beach and just like roll around in something. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Like sand, dirt, just like bark at people who walk past me. (laughs) Hey, Janelle. Yeah. Since I'm out of the loop a little bit, can you just, uh, are you okay to just um, brief me on um, your life changes? Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, it doesn't, everybody else knows, so you don't have to make it too long, but I am curious. Yeah. Everything's good with you, though? Like, it was. Like, obviously, with everything happening, it's a a roller coaster of emotions, but Rachel and I were just talking about this yesterday, and I'm like, I, I said like so many people that 2020 was going to be my year and I'm like this is not how I expected it to be my year but so much has already come up as far as like things that I said I wanted to do and I just had all these barriers and and things that I was attached to and I'm about to be detached from everything like you know no relationship no lease hopefully no house because house will sell like have money just like I mean I have a job, but so I'm like, I'm just about to like, there's not, there's no reason for me not to do van life. Like I said, I wanted to basically. So I feel like 2020 is still my year and I'm getting set up for things that I maybe would have been too scared to do if I had security. So that's pretty cool. Wow. Good for you. Yeah. Feel that way. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So it's been, it's been good. And a lot of demons have been coming out of the closet and a lot of, things that I feel like have been suppressed for a while have like been rising to the top so I'm dealing with those now which feels good and mm-hmm. so all in all 2020 here we go new new person hey um if we're allowed to leave our homes in July too I don't know where I'm going to do this and I realize that we're all traveling together in late July but I do want to to jump out of an airplane too I keep saying that so I'm just like putting all these things out publicly so I have to commit to them I've already told basically everyone I'm gonna live in a van so there's really no turning back and <laughs> then I'm gonna jump out of a plane for my birthday so I mean yeah, you can always change your mind that is not true I know just I because you said it and if you come to Dallas but I don't want to change my mind cool and <laughs> if you come to Dallas there is a place that allows cancer survivors to jump out of airplanes for free so <gasps> You can come with me and then I can jump for free, but you still have to pay. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta have cancer. (laughs) Uh, I'll I'll let you have that. (laughs) Yeah. So I'll let you know. Maybe I'll do it twice. I was going to do it in Santa Barbara um, with friends here, but I don't know. I get with everything going on. Who knows? You should just go. I've, I've done it before. It's fucking awesome. I don't think you can do it. Yeah, I've done it too. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I feel like it's a good, like, going to 29. It's my last year in my 20s. Just fucking jump out of a plane, live in a van. Yeah, what else could you want? It's the mini retirement I've been asking for. (laughs) I mean, again, you can do that anytime you want. (laughs) Like, I'm 37, and I'm going to be living in a van at some point. It'll look different than yours, but, like, you can do all this stuff all the time. Like, it's just, like, um, 
I think it's cool that you're getting the invitation to do it now, um, given everything. And like, you can literally, it's like, it's so crazy how there are times in our lives or moments that seem more paramount or more permission giving um, than others, but we really have that permission all the time. I'm saying it to myself. So, yeah, that is true. I'm just um, trying to take everything that's happening in the world right now and view it as a positive for things that I wanted versus the alternative. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity in this. So I think Mm -hmm. that's good. Yep. Opportunity, possibility, all of the above. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good. It's much, much needed. Self-exploration, too. I... I'm excited to be able to do that and do it um, in a space where, again, I'm not attached to another person. And again, who knows? Like, who knows what will happen? I can also self-explore in a relationship, too. But it feels good right now just to be able to focus on me and not have to worry about another person or a unity or anything like that. Yeah. All right. Snooze on booze. Get into it. Let's talk about it. Yes. Yeah, so to give everyone some background, we are, well, our Ragnar team had a conversation back in December when I was in Milwaukee, and we talked about doing a dry 2020, and for me, when we were talking about it, that made me really nervous. It felt like a very long time to commit, and so we settled on a dry Q1, very corporate of us, and when we were going through the process, we had started it in January with the Ragnar team and Rachel and I, back when we started the True North Collective quite a while ago, we had started doing different programs like Whole30 and Restart and the book Desire Mapping. And as we were doing these, we were inviting people like Claire and Jesse to join us and just to have a group of people to share your experiences and we learned that all of our experiences were so different and unique and we could learn from each other. And when we started the dry Q1, we said, why don't we invite the True North Collective community to do this with us as well? Um, and that became this news on booze, which was a 60 day challenge um, for anyone in our community to try to go 60 days without drinking. Um, so that's a little bit of the, the background. If you guys haven't been following um, on how we got here and we just passed the, for us, it's been 90, more than 90, I guess now, but um, at the end of March. And how we all feeling? 90 days. I love Good. it. Yeah. Yeah. How did you guys, yeah. uh, how did you guys approach it? Like, what was your, were you like 100% didn't drink at all? Or did you allow yourself treats like and what made you give yourself permission to invite alcohol back in how did you guys kind of go about doing this um I went the route I'm I tend to be kind of an all or nothing um sort of person when it comes to stuff like this so um no treats and I abstain the entire time uh, and it was, it was really important to me to try to get to get through that. And so I didn't want to um, even give myself l- little permissions. And uh, so that that was my approach to it. And I approached it 
I was really excited to do it. I, I like, I couldn't wait. I, I was ready for it. I wanted it, especially like after our wedding and stuff, which I, I mean, I drank a ton, a ton at our wedding and then um, the holidays come about and I moderated pretty good throughout the holidays, but I drank more than I would have probably wanted to. Um, so the, the timing was just really right for me. And so I felt good committing right off the get go to 90 days, no, no booze. How is that the longest you've gone? Uh, yeah, probably since I was 18. Yeah. Honestly, like now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, I, well, this isn't the first time I've thought about that. I've thought about that a bunch throughout the years, but, um, yeah, three months is definitely the longest. It seemed like it was going to be such a fucking mountain to me. And I was like, wow, it's been 90 days. I mean, I did it a little different than you. And we've talked about this in this group before, but I 100% abstination. Is that even a word? <laughs> um, abstaining. Abstained. abstained. Yeah. Um, is, does, it doesn't really work for me um, because I'll end up trying to fill that void with something else. I think eventually it kind of equalizes out, but I've noticed like when I used to do Whole30 and those things, it was like the things that I could do, I just overdid and that wasn't the point. So I gave myself permission going in that like, okay, it's if you really, really like, if there's a reason that feels true to you to like have a beer or have a glass of wine, you're allowed and it doesn't mean you're a dick or you're dumb or you're all these things. Like you, you can still count as like having done this and significantly decreased um, your intake. And so I would say I probably was like one to two times a month I would have like maybe a beer or two. But I definitely like when I drink it, I my experience drinking was even different. Like it wasn't just like this mindless chugging it was like, oh, this beer tastes good. And like, I, it could last like a really long time. And then I was like, okay, I think I'm good. Like, I feel, I feel like yeah. that was fun, but it wasn't so fun that I want to like, you know, opt out of the rest of this. Like, I, I liked how I, I like how I'm feeling at a meta view a lot. Um, and so I want to continue intention. that too. You what? It's a different intention behind like what you're doing uh yeah potentially yeah yeah it, absolutely yeah and even it was like for me like making sure that I didn't make it bad I also am like in my life surrounded by a lot of people who really really enjoy um drinking and do it quite a bit and so it felt important to me not to demonize it and to allow that to be an okay lifestyle and just something that I was choosing to play with significantly deep you know, decreasing. So I, I really, I really enjoyed it. How about you, Jesse? Um, I tend to be like Claire and, um, like all or nothing. And if I don't succeed, then I'll, I'll beat myself up over it quite a bit. So I like your idea, Rachel, of, um, how it can look different for everyone. I think that, you know, for me, that could allow myself to be a bit more gentle, um, with myself and going into this, even before, like, like after we committed to it, before it started on the first, um, you know, Tyler and I, Tyler decided to do it as well. And we're like, well, this for us isn't going to be very challenging because we don't, we don't drink very much. It's winter. So there's especially, you know, there's less drinking then. Um, but we were talking about going to Chicago 
and going to the club. And we do that once every like three or four years. And so like going to the club is for me a prime time to drink. I bartended in clubs for many years and drank fairly heavily back then. So that was going to be the one time where I was like, Ooh, this might be, this might be difficult the rest of the time, pretty much no problem. And so like three weeks into it, we went to Chicago and I had, I did have some drinks and I was, you know, kind of disappointed in myself that I didn't make it. I didn't, um, go there and not drink, but it was also like, I knew the rest of the time, the rest of the three months wasn't going to be an issue. So I kind of gave my, myself permission to slip on that one night on that like special occasion. But other, other than that, like I really enjoyed it. I, you know, um, didn't miss having the couple ciders a month that I might have. Yeah, I was similar to, um, I, I, t- tend to be all or nothing but like I do have to be careful with that a similar rage like you said if I'm too all or nothing then it the pendulum like swings back and I'll just like boomerang back to something else um so throughout the three months there was I think the first month I was at a gala and I had a half a glass of champagne and then I had another half a glass of champagne in February I just really like champagne apparently (laughs) and then um like one drink in March um when everything started to get a little crazy here but like again the intention felt very different behind it too and I whenever I was drinking too it wasn't drinking to get drunk or even honestly to be buzzed like none of those times because it was such small quantities did I really even like feel the effect so that one, Rachel, I was probably projecting on you when I said the intention was different because I was doing it because I genuinely love champagne and it felt like appropriate in the setting as a part of the, there's my Alexa, as a part of the uh, experience to, um, you know, just enjoy that like half a glass and do it in a way that felt good for me and not a lot of times I use alcohol because I'm uncomfortable or I don't want to like own my actions potentially I mean or that might not be why I originally start to use like drink but um it can be a side effect of that and it just felt good to be able to say like no just like uh you know I'm just going like I'm just going to enjoy it yeah it's it's interesting to like even look back I'm trying to think to myself what were the reasons that it felt okay for me to have one beer and like what about and like what did I want from that what did I get from that what was I seeking in that moment if it wasn't just to numb out or to and I don't know if I actually have the full clarity um around it it's just like this inner like I, I mean part of it is there the only beers that I had was supporting Chris Harrison's bar down the street <laughs> <laughs> which is like my favorite <laughs> it's Dylan and my favorite brewery that's in Dallas um and they have this one beer that I just I really like and I enjoy supporting local businesses so maybe there is something to that and I genuinely enjoy the taste of this one um this one beer that they have there and but I don't know I, I think it's interesting I'd like to keep um just paying attention to at the times when I feel like just having one beer like is flavor actually 
is that it? Is it that I'm supporting local businesses? Like, what is it that I feels good about that? Like, what am I getting? I think, Jesse, I, in our huddle that we just did, you had the question, how will a drink, well, I wrote down, how will a drink improve this situation? And I loved that question, that line of questioning of just like, yeah, can you, can I pause enough to go like, what, what could be improved by this drink? And then is the drink actually needed? And because I'd love to understand what having one beer from time to time really is for me. Like, what is that? Is it maybe just the permission slip to not be perfect? I don't know. I don't have my answer yet, but I'm excited to do another 90 and see what I uncover. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. There were multiple times where I was in scenarios where a lot of other people were around me drinking and one, I shared this on Jake's episode of the podcast. We had someone come in and talk about, um, you know, drinking and, and sobriety and whatnot. But one of the instances we were on a, like a brunch cruise essentially. And I didn't, um, consume any alcohol, just caffeine essentially. And I was like, I was just being my goofy, dumb self, which I think also like not drinking and having to be sober and show that like playful, fun side of myself was like very empowering too. just like, you can do this on your own. Like I feed off of other people's energy. So even when I'm around people that are drinking and they're kind of silly and goofy because they are drinking, like I can bring that out of myself without needing something else in my system. And it was kind of fun because we were just being dumb and like I got to drive the boat we were pretending we were on the Titanic and someone in the group said they're like I like how the sober person is like doing all the like silliest stuff and I'm like and like I felt really proud in that moment I was like you're right like I this is who I am and I don't need something outside of myself to give me permission to show that in the world like I can do that just me and that felt really empowering. Like that's the one word that keeps on coming up for me from this experience is that I felt empowered multiple times, just to, like own my shit, to be who I want to be, to choose myself first, even when other people are like, well, why aren't you drinking? Or let's go for a drink. Or if they felt uncomfortable because I wasn't drinking, like it really forced me to just be, to stand in my own truth and say like, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with you drinking. I've drank plenty of times before, but this is just what I want right now. And it really has nothing to do with you. So like, if you're uncomfortable, like, you know, I can't really do anything for you. Like I can be compassionate, but this is my thing, not yours, which I would love to carry in other parts of my life now. (laughs) I I love what you just said about like, and I remember in um, Jake's episode and now I'm kind of connecting it in a different way of just you're not drinking allowed you to actually experience how awesome you are very unfiltered mm-hmm. which is so and to cool. be present well but like, like present for it well but like when you add alcohol to the mix you actually aren't as connected to the experience of being you and so yes it allows you to be more you know outgoing and maybe aspects of yourself come to the forefront but you're not as like connected you're not as present. You're not as like, you aren't, you're experiencing it, but you're not actually experiencing it. And when you remove that alcohol, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to all of a sudden be super connected to yourself either. However, I heard you say that you were able to actually experience what it was like to be you and you really liked who you saw and you got to actually like feel what it felt like. 
mean, no wonder that yeah. was so empowering. It's so cool. Yeah. And even like going to bars, like I went out to bars, like, you know, there's different ways you can do this. Like sometimes you can avoid it, but I really tried not to avoid like any scenario that I would normally go to. And there was something very like, I, I remember there's a bar in slow called sidecar and my friend Jess and I, who was also in the podcast, we went there and everyone around us, you know, was drinking, even Jess was drinking and I, I wasn't, and I was just sitting there and normally those types of situations, like being around a ton of other people that are drinking and being sober, like in the past, I'm like, well, this sucks. But in that moment, I was like, I just felt so aware. It was like you were in a space that was so familiar, but you were just seeing so much more. Like I was just paying attention to everyone who was interacting. Like I was aware of, you know, people behind us and like people's behavior. And even like I have this thing historically. And it's also something I'm trying not to do, like when people hit on me at a bar or something like that, like I tend to, I can easily slide into like mean girl of like dismissive go away. And that's something that I've also in 2020 said, like, I don't want to do that. Um, And like someone did that super drunk guy, like really nice. And just like being able without, especially any alcohol in my system to just like be like, hey, like very compassionate and like kind towards the situation in a way that sometimes I think it's easy if I'm like drinking and just like oh whatever (laughs) go away and I'm like okay this guy even though he was drunk I'm like it takes a lot of courage to come up to a girl at a bar and like put yourself out there and like rejection sucks I hate being rejected so I was just able to like show up in so many scenarios in a way that I actually wanted to because I had that, that clarity which was cool um, do you know, I was wondering when you were on the boat, was that, do you feel like it was a con- conscious decision to kind of like let that side of yourself out or to just be yourself or did it just naturally happen? I think it kind of naturally happened. I mean, I have, I feed off of people's energy already. And, and I think I'm noticing that even more, especially being sober of like, if everyone else is kind of goofy and having fun and they're drinking, I will naturally respond that way with my personality, but I was able to notice it more because I wasn't drinking. So I do think it was kind of natural. And then I just realized that I was having the best time and I'm just like, oh yeah, and I'm totally sober. And I got to do stuff afterwards and I didn't have to worry about driving home. (laughs) Claire, what was your biggest like, surprise takeaway we're learning or I guess whatever you wanted to like what did you get from it well I'm I'm actually getting more like stuff is coming to the surface I guess a little bit more now talking through it with you guys than it than what came up during the actual process of it um and so what Janelle was just talking about actually is making me um really think about this like about being able to be yourself and being silly and goofy um and and I I kind of over the years have thought about like back to I don't know like the earlier years of high school before you know like your senior year for me anyways is when I kind of started drinking a bit more um but prior to that I mean there was no booze and you and I was I, I was silly and goofy. I was, and that's, you know, that it also comes with the fact that you have, you know, virtually no responsibilities and, you know, you, the 
the problems of the world don't really affect you at that point. You don't have too much to think about. And my, you know, my family life was, you know, relatively stable and decent. And so I, I think I had a, a bit more relaxed approach to life, but I'm trying to figure out where I became so like serious and jaded along the way. Um, and, and found myself to the, to, and I got into this like point where I can't loosen up or relax without some sort of aid. And I, and I don't know when, when that started exactly looking back, but I guess my whole point is, is that I, around you guys, because our relationships with each other, I'm speaking about our Ragnar team, um, they, they didn't revolve around booze. They didn't start with, you know, us all going to bars and clubs together or anything like that. Like I felt you guys know the real me. And I, I think that there's not a lot of my friends who actually might, um, because like a lot of Kurt and I, like our couple's friends and stuff, our relationships, the stuff we did together is surrounded by, by booze. It's, it's going out to bars. It's going, it's having, you know, going to festivals, it's doing all that, that kind of stuff. And so they only know the drinking version of me, the drunk version of Claire, which is, is really outgoing and is a bit more goofy and less serious and is a bit more impulsive and um, probably quite a bit more fun. But um, then the problem is not drinking around those people. It's, it's this set of expectations, whether real or not real that I have decided that they have about me. Um, that, I mean, I still have a long way to go. I have a lot to work through still with this, but, um, like with anything over time, I think it'll just be something that I get used to and they get used to and, or they don't. And I don't know, either way, it's fine, but, um, I, I've still got a long way to go. I, I hear you really recognizing the do like the dualistic way that you were looking at it before and that maybe there's like a decoupling that's happening where you know before it's like okay drinking means drinking equates to fun outgoing goofy silly all these like you know these types of qualities and therefore on the other end of the spectrum if you remove the alcohol then it's straight boring (laughs) like you know whatever you want to put on that and that actually they aren't quite so um tied together and that actually those are two different things that can layer very very differently and it's more of a um what do you what levers do you want to pull at what times and that there's a permission to mm-hmm. be able to be any of those things regardless of what you're intaking or how you're dressed or what environment you're in um which is a really cool invitation yeah. Yeah, I agree. Thanks. Yeah. I had a interesting recognition of like thinking that I needed all these other people to be on the path. Like I was I was nervous about doing this because I do have people in my life who love drinking and <clears throat> and so I was kind of assuming that I would really need other people to also choose that lifestyle in order for me to be able to choose it and be okay with it. And, um, I kind of started to recognize that, um, I, part of the process was actually me being okay 
making the decision that I wanted to make while also being okay with them being able to make the decision that they wanted to make. Like the judgment that I thought they were going to have on me, I was actually having on them in a way. And Mm -hmm. so it was kind of cool for me. Like I'm really taking with me, recognizing where I really want somebody else to live a lifestyle or make decisions that I want because um, it's going to be easier for me to like, I don't know, be okay doing it, but um, where the judgment plays into that and how I can be um, more accepting of other people choosing the way they want to live and being okay with that while also choosing the way I want to live and not having to have one or the other be better or worse or anything like that. So um, that was really cool for me to to recognize that I was actually not accepting anyone actually <laughs> for for who they you know how they wanted to do it and um and by just allowing them to choose what they wanted it like was very freeing to allow me to be able to do what I wanted without having to be tied to anything if that makes any sense oh it does yeah that makes a ton of sense it's like the the concept of you judge other people a lot of times because you're judging yourself I feel like it's kind of like a similar yeah but like there. for the op- on the opposite <laughs> yeah exactly exactly yeah I was what was kind of cool for me too going through the process especially around other people was how other people responded to it and again like I had to really stand in my my own truth around it but just like a lot of people will ask why you know why are you not drinking is it okay if I ask you that um and I'm like, of course, but it was cool watching people sh- show up and like shift and evolve and just being okay with it. So for example, in our huddle, we talked about this, but I went on a few dates and a lot of times when you go on a date, people are like, let's grab a drink. And I was like, you know, I, I felt like I felt the personal need just to say it up front because I, you know, I just wanted to be transparent. And I'm like, Hey, I'm not actually currently drinking um but like still more than happy to go to a bar with you and do whatever or get like to your coffee or whatever and it was just it was cool to like just see people's reactions responses like most people are just super open I feel like they didn't really even miss a beat and just like yeah sure like whatever or even like some people I'd hang out with and they would go get a glass of wine and I would just have like clubs like club soda with a lime and it didn't have to be like a big deal. I think sometimes in my mind, in like also the culture, we've talked about drinking culture in Milwaukee sometimes, um, it just like feels like it's going to be a big deal or that people are going to judge you or whatever. And maybe some do, but it was cool to just see how many people just didn't really care and how it didn't matter as much as sometimes I think it matters like their perspective. So I really enjoyed that. Like it helped me really lean in and just be like, no, it's cool. Like, especially when you own it and you're just like, no, I just don't like people just kind of like, okay, cool. That's you. That's who you are. You know? And that was cool. Were we the only three of, oh, there's four of us. Were we the only four that did this on the Ragnar team or were there other people? Tyler. Yeah. Tyler did did it too. Did Courtney Mm -hmm. do it? No, uh, no. Uh, her and I went to Atlanta at the end of February and she drank, okay. um, 
down there. I think I mentioned to her, I mean, I didn't, obviously, and I think I did mention to her that it was because of what um, our challenge was. Um, okay. But, yeah. You guys went to Atlanta together? How fun. Oh, yeah, we went to watch the um, Olympic marathon trials. Aww. For the Mar- um Yeah, so it was really cool to see Molly Seidel from Wisconsin oh, place, so cool. and we got on the Appalachian Trail a little bit, so... <gasps> Oh, you're ahead of us now. <laughs> yeah, we were at the we were in the Blue Ridge um, area in northern Georgia. So cool, it's pretty jealous. cool. So jealous. So we did the exercise in the huddle of start, stop, and continue. Is there anything that really stood out to you guys from that conversation that you'd like to share with other people around what you want to start, stop, and continue? I wish I would have wrote down what all you guys said so I could ask you questions about it, but I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about doing that. Um, But I, I do really, I mean, I think the most, in order for me to ever be truly comfortable with the non-drinking version of myself, I really do have to stop worrying about how I fit in to social situations. I mean, that's the absolute not to keep like hammering away on this but for me that's going to be the most important um thing if I'm going to really make this a a lifestyle change and not just more of a a temporary challenge sort of situation so um that's that's really going to be my main focus in this next um 90 days I think Yeah, I think that something that came to me about about starting is um, using the social situations as, as an opportunity for me to engage more with people. Like in in situations where I don't know people, I tend to shut down, and that's where alcohol might come in and help me to be to engage more with others. Um, so I thought of a, a challenge for myself in the next ninety days is to use those opportunities to to engage with others um, and be more friendly and outgoing without the assistance of alcohol. So that's something I like to start to do to try and push myself. I'm with you, Jess. Yeah, I really like who I am. I I just kept coming back (laughs) to like, I really, I really like being present with myself like I like who I am and I have fun with myself and when I drink I am not I mean it's kind of what I was saying before to you Janelle that's probably why I recognized it and what you were saying but it's like I was able to really experience what it's like to be me and I really liked what was there not because I had my shit all together I mean I'm doing a bunch of trauma work right now and that is that shit is no joke and to be able to be with, really be with myself in it. Like I, I feel myself growing through it and, you know, it could be the collective experience that is going on. The timing's just right. But I, I definitely also think that having booze out of my system and not impacting my, like the balance and the harmony within me, um, specifically from a hormonal standpoint, but just beyond that too, is like, there's a clarity for me to truly actually be with myself and then to be able to decide like what I, what I want to do very clearly 
and to know that the result of what I decide is mine. Um, and we've talked about that in terms of like having, having the sober experience. It's sobering because you have to be totally fucking responsible for everything that you do. And um, Mm -hmm. on the flip, the way I experienced this, and I shared it with Janelle after like 30 days, or I think it was after like more than 30, because I've done the 30 days before and I didn't get as many insights as I have doing the 90. Like I really enjoyed the 90. I felt like I got a lot more depth of learnings and reflection. Um, But I remember saying to her, wow, I use alcohol as like a scapegoat all the fucking time and where else in my life am I blaming something that's actually that seems totally warranted like and in like simple things like I would you know if I'm feeling bloated it's like oh well if I just stop drinking then it would all be but like actually maybe my body is trying to tell me something else and it isn't just the alcohol maybe there's something else that is worth paying attention to and I'm just putting all the blame on alcohol and therefore not even considering digging any deeper. And so there was a real invitation for me of, okay, so I told myself that I was bloated because of the alcohol, but here I am at 60 days. And what else is going on that's contributing to the fluctuations in my body that are naturally responding to, you know, my environment and what I do with it. And so it was like a much more intimate, um, experience and I wasn't able to just kind of like blow off you know a surface level escape uh surface level scapegoat I really had to sit there and be like okay what what is your body actually trying to tell you now um so that was kind of interesting too yeah that is especially the body side because I know for me I feel like it was a lot more mental than physical uh which is funny around we talked about this in Jake's episode too, but like crutches, I I think I've been able to realize how much I use things outside of myself when I don't want to deal with my own discomfort. Like when I just want to be happy and I don't want to stay in that place, it's like, oh, I'm lonely. Drink alcohol. Oh, I'm unhappy or sad. Eat food. Oh, I don't feel good about myself. Look for validation from someone else and so taking out the crutch of alcohol has also I feel like opened my eyes to all the other ways that I'm trying to fill myself up from an external place rather than internal and then also yeah I'll, I'll just leave it at that but it, it's just been very interesting for me to recognize how much I actually avoid my discomfort because I like to think I'm the type of person that takes risks and challenges myself constantly. And and I think I do, but I've also realized that I avoid and I have avoided a lot of really really uncomfortable feelings in my life by using things outside of myself, which is a big unlock. (laughs) Yeah. And you also like bring up like, not just alcohol, but recognizing those tendencies Mm -hmm. with one area of your life, it kind of gives you an access point to start to recognize where that's happening in other areas, food or, you know, whatever else. And so it's like, you know, alcohol can be a way in to start listening and noticing Mm -hmm. and becoming aware. Um, 
with the relationship you have with your with your self and that could be mentally that can be physically like there's so many different ways and that can honestly get overwhelming at first but even just whatever one you decide to pick like maybe it isn't alcohol that's your thing but maybe there's something else that is something that you recognize you're using to not be present in your life and can you start to play with removing that and like what is left and what's there and then allowing that to kind of um that journey of self-discovery wherever that leads you next kind of following it to just continue to learn um but I love that invitation because I do I, I I tend to be um it's easy to just villainize the forms and really what we're having a conversation on right now is the essence of our relationship with our external environment. And I think alcohol is an easy one because, you know, it tends to be that when you omit it, you do feel better and it does, you know, things clear up, you know, similar to sugar. Like I think there's things out there that are easy targets. And if we only are having the conversation from a place of like, this is bad and not going any deeper to say, what are we actually talking about here? Like what is, what's under that? What's the essence of this relationship that I have with this thing? Um, that is where I think the real cool stuff is in my, my perspective. It really, yeah, it really is. Cause like I said, I mean, for me, and I don't think it always has to be, but it was like, I'm not drinking alcohol. I'm not turning to food, even like watching TV. And again, there's nothing inherently wrong with any of these things. Right. But these are all things that I would use to, to numb out or not feel my feelings or just try to get to a happy state and not process the hard stuff. Um, or like, like, again, other people and, and I could feel myself like, okay, maybe you're lonely right now. So normally you would drink like I, for me, drinking and loneliness are the perfect little couple (laughs) in my life. And they always have been, it's like, okay, you're feeling lonely, you're not going to drink. But then I would feel myself getting pulled to something again, external, like uh, outside of myself, like, okay, well, then go get attention somewhere. Or maybe you want to eat and like, just being able to recognize it's sort of like a pinball machine, right? Like you hit one thing, and then I got shot to another external thing. And I'm like, Nope, like, don't use that one. And then (laughs) like pinball over here, like, Nope, don't use that one. And then eventually, you know, you just kind of stop and you're like, okay, you have to face it. Like you have to deal with it yourself so stop the pinball machine and just like sit and feel what you need to feel and that's something I can't say I've really ever had such a clear awareness around until this and it's fucking hard and it sucks (laughs) and it's good but yeah I think that's why I'm grateful for all you guys because I think we're all willing to experiment and play and I don't ever sense any ounce of judgment from any of you around how I choose to play with these things. But it's like, I don't know, we're all willing to give it a try and we're all willing to be open to however each of us want to experience it. And I feel like that's, I'm very grateful to have that in my life. Um, The transparency, the honesty of each of our experiences the ability for my experience to overlap and then also not overlap with each of yours. And um, I don't know, I, I would, um, I know that that's helped me 
to be able to dig deeper because I know that there are other people willing to do that too. And that pretty much, I mean, I don't think I've ever said anything and I've said some crazy shit that you guys have ever been like, yeah, get away from me. You know, like I always just feel like I'm allowed to have my place. And because of that, I feel really comfortable being able to do some of these things that I probably wouldn't have felt comfortable doing on my own. So I am really grateful for that and for each of you. Yeah. It's mutual. Yeah, I don't know if I would have been able to do the 90 day. I mean, even though I don't drink, drinking isn't, you know, like a part of my life on a daily, even weekly basis. I don't know that I would have, if it was just me, done the 90 days um straight through the way I wanted to do them um but knowing that you guys were in it too in whatever form you decided to do it and was and and I would wait like I would wake up some mornings and like as not to sound like a creep but I would like on a Sunday morning think about you guys and be like you know it's really great that there's three other people besides me that are not hung over this morning that you know like did whatever they did on a Saturday and and that we're having the same experience of waking up without, you know, having to worry about, did you say something weird to someone or with a headache or, or worse. Um, and, and that put me in a good mood for the day. Like just being able to think about that. There's three other people that are for sure doing the same thing as me right now. I love that. I kind of love, I mean, I love that you were thinking that too. And you know, I didn't even necessarily have to, like we weren't necessarily even communicating about it. It's not like you did like thought about us and texted. And I think that's like very, for me, whatever the reason, that's like very reassuring that no matter what you're going through in life, you can just wake up in the morning and say like, there are other people out there. There's probably at least three other people out there somewhere in the world, even if I don't know who they are, <laughs> like that are like going through something super similar to me. Yeah. Uh, it's like, a, there's definitely a level of comfort. I mean, it's nice when you know them too, but. So what do you guys each really want to remember from this experience? I know we just had the huddle. And for those of you who are like, what the fuck do they keep talking about with this huddle? Um, for people who participated in the snooze on booze, there was an invitation to just huddle up on Zoom and reflect so that we could really solidify the experience that we had and hear from other people and share our woes and our highs and our lows and all that stuff. Um, and so now that we've been able to talk even further, what do you guys really want to remember from this experience? I'll go ahead. Um, I want to remember that I'm, I am at any point allowed to restructure my belief system. By that, I mean, like, the stories I tell myself about, about myself um, and the stories I also tell myself about um other people and why they do what they do and how it affects me like I'm allowed to restructure that and start thinking about that differently at any time and the conversation today helped me you you know Rachel talking about like giving yourself permission and there doesn't have to be like this event where in which it's like okay now now I can finally give myself permission now is the right time that it wasn't the right time before but but really that's that's any time. Like you just decide 
what time that is and that's the right time and and that's probably the most valuable thing super powerful i was just like (laughs) i know i was like fuck (laughs) it's great i need to wake up to that every morning (laughs) but isn't that so funny that we just like we do these like 30 day whole 30s or 30 day this or 30 day that or 60 day this and like then we all just go on with our fucking lives and like to actually sit there and ask yourself like what is important about what i just did what do i want to remember what what is there for me to take from this um I, it's just, it's so cool. Like, who would have ever thought that a snooze on booze would get you there? Like, it's really cool. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Jesse, what about you? Yeah, I think, again, it's just, like, reminding myself that alcohol doesn't make things more fun. And, you know, like, your experience on the boat, Janelle, like, you had a really fun time without it. And, um you know, I don't need to have alcohol to be more energetic or exciting or talkative and um, working on kind of digging through some stuff to to get to the point where I'm happy and content, like in those social situations um, without alcohol. So, yeah, just remembering that alcohol doesn't equal fun. I, similar to Claire, have continued to, like, as we've been simmering in this, I'm like, oh, yeah, what what of all the things that we've dissected, because we really have gone to a lot of places, feels like the most important thing for me to take with myself. Um, the first thing, for sure, like, I actually really do like myself, and I like myself when I'm this chill version of me. Uh, and so that's been really cool for me to connect with, and I want to stay connected to to that. Um, and the other thing, uh, you had mentioned something around feeling really empowered. I can't remember if it was during this podcast or during the huddle, Janelle, but just the reminder that literally any experience can be an empowered experience. It doesn't have to be a have to or a should or a need to. And I think a lot of the invitations within self-care and health is like such an ultimatum of oh my God, I need to do this. And then because of that, on the other side of that, very closely tied is guilt and shame. And to be able to remember or recognize like, oh, I'm doing this because I think I have to, that's a very different way of approaching something versus getting yourself to a place where you are choosing it because that's like an empowered, that's a di- that's different. And when I can come from an empowered place of I'm choosing this for me, maybe that's why this time around felt different because I think the other times I felt like, you know, well, it's part of the True North Collective or like I think I'm supposed to because of X, Y, Z or I really should because I know alcohol isn't good for me or like meat isn't good for me or this isn't good for me and I really am supposed to or I have to. And this time I was like, no, I want to see what it's like. I want to choose to not drink for 90 days and I want to, I want to experience what that is for me. Um, and so again, to take a meta view of that, it's like any experience at any point of time can actually be an empowered one. And I think that's a really cool invitation that I want to take with me so that when I start to get into 
I mean, even freaking the COVID stuff that's going on. Like, oh, I have to stay in my house. Oh, I, I can't do this or I can't do that or I have to do this. It's like, okay, that's one way of looking at this. Or what if you chose to be in your house? Like, what if, I, what if this was an empowered decision? What would that look like? So I really like that idea and I want to play with that. Yeah, similar. I mean, empowered is definitely a part of it. Um, For me, it was a reminder that me on my own is enough. Like, I don't need things outside of me to be who I want to be or to give myself permission to act how I want to act. And if other people outside of me can't accept something that I really want and like similar to like what you just said, Rachel, like I wanted to not drink. Like this was a very specific choice. This is something I've always wanted to do and like really standing in that truth and that conviction behind what I want, who I am, what I'm choosing to do like that, that in itself is enough. Like that's, all that matters. And so now I'm like, okay, you've done that with alcohol. How can you do that in other areas of your life? I love that. I think, I think that what it, it actually ends up being, I mean, it it might just be an American problem, but it's probably just, it just comes down to human nature where we tend to be reactive rather than proactive. Like kind of what Rachel was saying, like you kind of, you wait till like somebody tells you it's like oh you have this health condition now you have to stop drinking um well then of course hopefully you do decide to make that choice but making that choice for no other reason than to just say I want to experience my life through a different lens is a really actually really difficult decision to make I mean it doesn't sound like it just saying it but it it really is especially when this behavior specifically is so ingrained in our culture and so socially acceptable and I'm actually reading a book right now about it. It's called The Healthy Deviant. And it's about um, how our society is so unhealthy in physically, mentally, that at, when you make choices like the one we did for this past 90 days, that you're actually, it's a, health, it's a healthy form of social deviance, but it's social deviance nonetheless, because you're going so much against the majority and so much against the grain. But it's it's the good thing to do. I mean, it's you should challenge yourself like that. You, it's it's good to do these things. The rebel instinct so in me is so happy. <laughs> it's so validated. Yeah, you're a social deviant, Rachel. <laughs> I'm a social deviant. I knew it. I mean, I really did, and I'm like so happy right now. <laughs> <laughs> I also, Rachel, you kind of said this already, but I I just want to say how much I appreciate that you all joined us too and to have this space because I've, I processed this. Yes. And I know like Rachel and I, you've had, you and I've had conversations on this, but I don't think I would have got to what I just said if it weren't for the last two hours of everything that we had just been talking about. Like Mm -hmm. you said, Rachel, I probably would have just kind of kept moving on. And so to have the space to be able to just like talk through it and really think about it. I, I appreciate it that greatly agreed yeah for sure 
yeah, I'm for sure taking with me. I don't need anything extra in my life to know that I am enough. That's fucking duh. Yes. I don't know what those noises are. Yes, and now just trying to believe it. (laughs) I told you, we're about to get prime. I'll send you guys a Marco Polo later of me rolling in the sand or something. (laughs) Barfing. Please do. Yeah, for real. Um, so I'm going to adapt our last question. Um, and I'm, all of us are going to answer it unless you really don't want to, but I'm, I would love it if you did. Um, (laughs) (laughs) if you were going to sum up the last 90 days into one word, how did those 90 days support you in living your true North? Um, for when you said one word, yeah. Um, for me, I guess confirmation, and that's confirmation in the sense that going 90 days without a drink confirmed what I had already suspected, which is that, um, this doesn't need to be a a part of my life anymore. I, I and I don't want it to be either. I, I think I knew a long time before I decided to even cut back on drinking that I didn't need it to be part of my life, but I still wanted it for very various reasons. And now I'm getting to the point where I I don't even I know I don't need it and now I don't even want it anymore. So confirmation for me. I can go. Uh, I wrote down ownership. Ownership over self, ownership over my, like what I want out of my life, like that sort of personal responsibility and accountability for the life that I want to have. Mine's similar. It's permission. A little gentler, but just giving myself permission to try, experiment to do it my way, to find my own way through. Um, I would say um, reflection um, to really look at how alcohol and other substances or things in my life, as you mentioned, Janelle, are crutches. I'm thinking about caffeine um, and maybe how I'll incorporate that as a new challenge in my life, because I, I think I use that as a crutch when I'm bored. I think, Janelle, we've talked about that before. And <laughs> I'm like, I'm I, personally offended right now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But yes, that is a crutch in my life, too. <laughs> yeah, I think I think a month without caffeine would be harder for me than a year without without alcohol. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. Yes. You know, and it's interesting with, with this, the COVID-19 and being home, I haven't had the same desire to drink caffeine. It seems to more like I associate it with work. Um, so that's been, that's been interesting. But yeah, just to reflect on um, how I can make changes in other areas of my life. I love it. You guys are awesome. Thanks for always playing with us. I am so grateful that I have people like you all in my life like Rachel said just like people that are willing to try stuff and challenge yourself and just like accept each other for who we are that's so fucking cool so thank you 
thank you guys. I, the, you, you guys mean the world to me. I mean, you're you're some of my best friends, and I every time either we are just speaking like this or I see you guys in person, I I leave feeling feeling really great for you know like the next week it it's just really meaningful for me so um i appreciate all of you very much yeah Yeah, well it's so it's so cool that like it's not like we all tried to seek that out it kind of just we allowed it to happen and you know for anyone who's like man i want that because i know i there's been times in my life where i did and i would try to like force it (laughs) and that never really worked sure but like this just so organically became that um it's been it's cool it's a cool reminder for me of like i don't know you can you can do a lot of like putting out there what you want and there there's a lot of trust in allowing relationships to become what they're meant to become and i'm really glad that i was mm-hmm. in a place to be open to receiving the support and the connection from you guys and to be able to give it as well like it's it's felt like an an allowing more than like a needing to do anything so mm-hmm. yeah it's cool i'm just gonna go cry happy tears now <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh Aww. yeah all right well thank you guys thank you for playing yeah you guys are awesome stay safe out there This has been another episode of the True North Collective podcast. For more from Rachel and I, check us out on the gram at the True North Collective underscore. And if you liked what you heard today, leave us a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. Until next time.